Uh, you want to do five? Well, no, it's going to be... How about 40? Yeah, let's do 40. Sink. At least I immediately knew that we, were, that we weren't going to hit that first mark I gave us. <laughs> we're not rushing. We're not like, all right, let's sink. Those are the good ones. I like that energy. Welcome to Direct-to-Video. VHS. I am your host, Tony Arbusta. I am your host, Andy Reyes. Uh, pff, this is a podcast where we pair movies like fine wine. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if I forgot to say it at the very beginning, it's fine. It works. It's all there. The, the important thing about wine pairings is that eventually all the wine gets to the same place. It does. And, and you, you kind of realize that it just all kind of tastes bad. Do you not like wine? No, no, I don't. That's kind of funny considering. I don't want to make this like alcohol talk, but like I've always been like a hard whiskey guy, but I don't drink mm. hard whiskey anymore because uh, I had a little bit of an alcohol problem in college and I just don't trust myself. Sure. I'll tell you what. I always associate wine with church. Oh, yeah. Did you go to a church where they gave you like real wine? I never thought of that as wine. The uh, During my brother's wedding. My sister got us a bottle of wine, and I had it, and I was like, this tastes exactly like whatever it is they gave us at church. It was very strange, because, you know, I usually don't have alcohol and then get nostalgia about it. <laughs> from, like from childhood when you were five. nostalgia? Yeah. Well, I, I part part of part of the problem is is like I was really Catholic when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. So in my brain, I was like, "Well, this is an alcohol. This is this is the blood of Christ." And then uh, I never went to church again. And ah. um, <laughs> <laughs> um, that's really good shit. I think the funny thing is, is like I have I have gone to church a couple of times for like weddings and stuff, and I mm -hmm. I never go up for confirmation or for the that. I don't know what that's called. Is that called that? I don't know. The Eucharist? That's it. I never go up the to the Eucharist. Eucharist. I had a moment where I was suddenly afraid <laughs> that, that, like, a nun was going to show up at my door and beat the crap out of me. <laughs> I didn't remember it was the Eucharist. <laughs> uh, anywho, this time we watched Buzz Lightyear. No, not that one. Buzz Lightyear of Star Command. We watched the show based on the toy that was based on the real person, Buzz Lightyear. I think, okay, to be fair, <laughs> I think in the canon, the idea is that the Lightyear movie is the movie that eventually the toy <laughs> would be based off of, and then... That would have gotten so big that they made a goofy spin-off TV show, a la the the animated Star Trek TV show, Buzz Lightyear of Star Command, and that's what we watched. I both love and hate that that was the like official stance of the Walt Disney Company, right? Oh, it's great. It's absurd. Because, one, it mean, they knew that somebody was going to ask... Where does this fit in the Toy Story canon? And the correct answer that they could have easily given was, who cares? And then, like, dunked them into, like, a toilet for being such a nerd. 
who cares? Who it's a movie ba- it's a it's a movie about Buzz Lightyear. It doesn't have to interact with Toy Story in any way. Except it does cuz Toy Story is like the first Pixar movie, the first good yeah. one. Was was Buzz, I, was Bugs Life before or after Toy Story? It was after. It was after. This was Yeah, okay. But then yeah, it's the first Pixar movie. Oh, wait, 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 wait. No. I think you might be right. I think Bugs Life was before. In that case, it was the first good Pixar movie because I can't stand it. How dare you? Okay, I want to be fair. I haven't seen it since I was a kid. It might be one of those movies that, like, as an adult, you go back to it and you're like, oh, this holds up because it's smarter than I remember. All right. Toy Story was the first one. I loved A Bug's Life as a kid, but we didn't Mm -hmm. own it. So I only ever watched it at, like, dentist's offices. <laughs> the number one place to watch a bug's life. It's the hot place to watch Disney movies is at the dentist's. How many dentists do you think just put on Finding Nemo? Finding Nemo is pretty popular. It's gotta be, right? Part of the joke of Finding Nemo is that they have all of those fish in the, in, yeah, in in the dentist's office. I think I think it is pretty popular. I do think that the last time I went to a dentist office, which uh, wh- where they served children, like mm-hmm. I was eighteen, but I was still going to the family dentist office. They were playing Frozen. That probably gets a lot of kids to shut up. Well, until they start singing. I was gonna say you don't want them to start singing along, but burn that bridge when you get to it. <laughs> I like the idea of a dentist's office cut of Frozen where they just don't have any of the music. <laughs> they can leave the Fixer Upper song in there because oh, like, yeah, the nobody kids likes don't that know one. the words. But I, I love the idea of of uh, that first. I don't I don't know Frozen that well because I didn't really like that movie. But I love the idea of Anna slamming on the door like, come play with me. And then like a hard cut to just like, <laughs> okay, I guess you won't. <laughs> I was just thinking, like, you'd start hearing the first few notes, let it go, like, did it, did and then it would immediately cut to she's standing in a castle. <laughs> it's just, okay, I guess that's it. I, it it's, a, it's a jarring feeling, much like this movie's editing. I want to have a bold stance here. I was surprised by how competent this movie was. There were a few times I was like, Buzz Lightyear Stark Man might be a good movie. Yeah, it... It has so much going for it, and I think the only thing that holds it back is that it is cut like a TV show. Because it, it, the movie is only like 66 minutes long. If it had maybe 20 more minutes to breathe a little, it would have been great. It would have probably <laughs> been the strongest direct-to-video thing that we have seen. It's a low bar, but... Uh... It, but uh, the I think the editing is a little too cheap Saturday morning cartoon sometimes and it really like hurts the pacing a little bit well and there's a reason for that right this is this was made to release a cheap Saturday morning cartoon off of it you'll be surprised to know that this is the first three episodes of a premiering show I will say the other movie like this that we watched the Tangled one did not hold up as well as a movie, I think. This no. one has a beginning, middle, and end. And so it felt less like just a big pilot episode. So we're just going to get into it? or Yeah, let's let's get into it. I didn't take any notes for this movie because I was watching it at work uh, yesterday. Well, I have We open on a Toy Story skit, basically. 
This yes. surprised me because I thought this was the weakest part of the movie. There were two things about it. One, <clears throat> um, Jesse doesn't talk, and that's because the voice actress for Jesse at the time was um, was indisposed. She just wasn't available for a while. It's weird they decide to have her in the scene then, because there was a lot of people just not in the scene. They had they had to have her in the scene, but the big thing is that this is like this is when Bo Peep was officially cut, right? Mm. Because because of the the uh, differences between her voice actress and Disney, I believe happened after Toy Story two. So those are two weird things. And then like another fun fact is I believe this is the first time that uh, John Ratzenberger, who voiced Ham, was replaced after his um, after his passing. So there's just a lot going on in this skit. <laughs> so it just makes the whole thing feel very weird. It's also the jokes are just not great. It's mostly They're just very making fun of rats. <laughs> yeah. It feels kind of unnecessary. God, Rex, why do you have to suck so much? <laughs> like, that's the whole skit. Basically. But it's the, the toys have gotten a copy of this movie and they're going to watch it because Buzz is in it. That's what it is. I think it's a cute framing device. It doesn't have to be like a minute and a half, right? No. Um, also, I just found it entertaining that it's a VHS. This is like, we're right on the precipice of never having VHSs anymore. This was 2004? But it's still what everybody had in their house. Like, everybody has a tape player. Oh. No, this is 2000. This is like the turn of the millennium. Oh, this is earlier than I thought. Yeah. Like, if you look up this movie on Amazon, you can find, like, a $100 DVD of it. Uh, That's speaking crazy. Speaking of which, speaking of which, this movie is not Disney Plus. Is it not? And I want to take a second to just talk to whoever's in charge of Disney Plus for a second. All right. Is the show not on Disney Plus either? No, it's not. I tried to look up what? this movie and the show didn't even come up. Wow. Can we fucking talk about, like... <laughs> how at this moment when you release a Buzz Lightyear movie people want to watch to give their kids something like that at home you right? have a show you it's ready to go it, it's, it's right there just give it to them it was very irritating to me because it's like what how was this decision made how did this happen the Buzz Lightyear movie just came out it's the big thing Disney's doing this summer so like why? But it's it's so strange. It's so strange. How do you I think it comes from a combination of places, right? One, Buzz Lightyear this this is coming from the um the era of Disney, right, where they were still doing direct to video sequels, which Disney is like almost entirely disowned. I think here's what I think happened is one, I think this was supposed to be a live action Lightyear movie. That fits the modus operandi, right? Uh-huh. And I think Pixar stepped in and was like, no 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 no. This is our boy, not this isn't Disney's boy. This is our boy. I, I have no way of proving this. I, I assume all of this happened behind closed doors. But the fact that they're just like erasing this cartoon out of existence to me tells me that like none of this cartoon is being brought over and they just don't want to deal with it. I am so I so want to watch that the new Lightyear movie now because I well, I need to know if Zerg is in it. I think he is. I've seen trailers. I I, I haven't really heard anything about it. Um, the early trailer that I saw made it feel more like a 50s sci-fi movie. Yeah, it's it's doing the Flash Gordon thing. Right. Of, like, him getting lost in space. And a little bit of, like, Planet of the Apes, like that era. 
But like, oh yeah. <laughs> so far, I haven't seen an evil emperor, and I would really, I don't think they're gonna do it, Andy. I don't think they're gonna do it. But I want the reveal that Zerg is Buzz Lightyear's dad in a second uh, movie. <laughs> they, they, you know, they do it in the show, right? I don't. Um, uh, <laughs> in 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 the Buzz Lightyear of Star Command show, they have there is a moment where Buzz gets the drop on on Zerg, and he's like. I'm your father. And he's like, what? And then Zerg just like pushes him into a pit. And he's like, got him. (laughs) What an idiot. Good stuff. That was a really good Tim Allen impression that I just did. I'm really proud of that one. (laughs) It was one word, but I think I nailed it. So speaking of Tim Allen, he's in this movie. He is in this movie. They got him. Which I guess isn't that weird because he was, he's like, I feel like he's like a TV show actor first. Well, right. they didn't get him for the TV show. Did they not? Wow. No. Okay. They made all. They made this movie for the TV show, and they initially had Patrick Warburton doing the Buzz Lightyear voice. Okay, I don't hate that. Um, this is. We'll get there. And okay. then when they decided that they were going to just they were going to release it on VHS, they were like, "All right, well, let's get let's do this like promo thing at the beginning, and let's get Tim Allen in to do the voice." So they overdubbed it with Tim Allen. Yes, and you don't, and or or they did it the other way. I couldn't verify. It goes back and forth. Nobody really knows which one happened first. I wonder if they overdubbed it because Jamie was saying that Tim Allen sounded weird in this movie, and if he was yeah. trying to hit like already drawn on screen emotions and already like spoken words, if he was trying to do it exactly like somebody else did, it would kind of explain why Buzz sounds a little weird. He does sound a little stilted for this one. Um, I do think that this is just a, uh, I, I think this is mostly just like a, what's the word? A favor, right? Like, sure. Like the, those movies made Tim Allen a lot of money. They still make him a lot of money, I bet. So that, I don't know, he can send a satellite up into the sky to see if the earth is flat. Whatever um, he's doing nowadays. Whatever he's doing these days. He's just asking questions. Um <laughs> <laughs> so can't um, fault but, him for that. Yeah, this is the th- this is the thing that um that that Disney does where they'll they'll ask a lot of these actors, hey, listen, like this is just for kid, this is for the kids, just come in and do like a one off episode thing, um, like for the pilot, and then you're free and you're free, and we'll like put someone else in there. It happens a lot. I think the only actor who doesn't do that is Tim is a uh, is a uh, not Tim Allen, sorry, is um. Tom Hanks? Uh, Tim Care, Tim, fucking hell. Jim Carrey? Tim, who are Tim Hanks. About? Tom Hanks, Tom Hanks. I said Tom Hanks, okay. <laughs> Sorry, I was like, my brain just and couldn't remember. Like, Tim Carrey. Tim Carrey. <laughs> no, the only person who doesn't do that is Tom Hanks, uh, because I believe J- his brother Jim just does all of it for him. Oh, yeah. Uh. They got a backup Tom Hanks, like um, like when um, like when we watched Pocahontas two, and they got um, what's his name? You know, this remember. isn't gonna land if I can't remember the, the person's name who does John Smith and his brother, Mel Gibson. Um, was it Gibson? Was, was it Mel Gibson? And then his brother did John Smith in the yeah, sequel. Yeah, yeah, Donald yes. Donald Gibson, the younger all all these younger brothers, man. That has to be a conversation, right? I would love to be able to get some fucking just some voice acting money just because somebody I was related to was a better voice actor than me. 
Oh, or I guess a no. bigger actor. He, because these people are actors, not really voice actors. But here's here's the thing is I think I would hate it unless I was specifically Jim Hanks. Because Jim <laughs> Hanks got to do Kingdom Hearts. And that had to have been amazing. Like I get to ruin I get to I get to do this to my brother's character. <laughs> oh brother's yeah. Legacy. Let's do it. Oh, there's something about being the one who has to read off the crazy stuff in Kingdom Hearts. I'm pretty sure Woody gets a great line about how nobody loves the bad guy. Yeah. The bad guy shows up and he's like, I'm pretty sure nobody loves you. (laughs) Excellent. (laughs) (laughs) What a sick bird. Get dunked on, Um, idiot. I've, I had never, I had... I'm going to say something about myself. I had never played a Kingdom Hearts game um, except for the Game Boy one. Okay. When I saw the trailers with uh, for the Toy Story Land, I was like, I might buy this game because this looks really good. And just running around in like Toy Story with uh, and also the toy versions of all the characters look really good. I was just mm-hmm. like, I might buy this game. And then I, I didn't. Um, and that's a good thing. But I was really close. No, it's an inc- it's an incredibly stupid game that makes zero sense, uh, but it is fun running around a, a toy store with Woody and Buzz, saying just saying stuff, just saying so, stuff. So we are introduced to Buzz Lightyear, and yes, his Buzz Lightyear partner, mission log, warp, warp dark matter, dark matter. It's my favorite name because if you are half asleep and barely paying attention, then you immediately know that Warp Dark Matter's the bad guy. <laughs> if you you hear the name Warp Dark Matter and you're like, well. They even lampshaded a little. In the fucking third act, when it's revealed that Warp Dark Matter was the secret bad guy all along, he's like, my name's Warp Dark Matter, Buzz. Who's surprised here? He's he's voiced by Diedrich Bader, who I love anytime he's in anything. Oh, he's great. He just he has like the ultimate bro voice and he he doesn't change it for anything. And and and, and the wild thing is that it works. Every time he's in like an animated series anything. It, it works. Uh did you ever see the one where he played Booster Gold? That's exceptional. Oh, yes. Was that <laughs> Was that uh, Batman Brave and the Bold? Ooh, maybe he did it in Brave and the Bold. Uh, I was thinking of Justice League action. Maybe he did it in both, actually. Uh, I'm trying to find out now. <laughs> oh my god, he voiced Lex Luthor in Superman Red Sun like two years ago. What? He- oh my god, that Lex Luthor? Lex Luthor? <laughs> Sorry, now I just want that version of Lex Luthor. That sounds great. That sounds awesome. I can't even imagine what that Lex Luthor would act like. Exactly. Because, like I said, in my mind, one of his best things is Booster Gold. (laughs) The superhero from the future who came to the past so that he could make money being a superhero. (laughs) Which I felt like I had to explain because who knows who Booster Gold is. Yeah, nobody nobody knows or cares who Booster Gold is unless you know or care who Booster Gold is. He's just one of those... Right, and then he's your... Favorite B superhero. <laughs> yeah, there. I feel like I forget his name, but I remember when I was watch uh, was watching the original like 2000s Justice League. They have that episode where all of the B tier superheroes have to save Justice League Tower. Okay, 
And one of them is just a cowboy who shoots good. That's his whole... He's just a cowboy who shoots good. That's his whole thing. And it's not like Jonah Hex or anything, right? It's just No, it's just some guy. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, yeah. A lot, of, a lot of, like, really great D-tier uh, DC superheroes that I wish we saw more of. Anyway, this is a little off topic at this point. A little off topic. Just because you can't help it when you're talking about Diedrich Bader. So, 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 so. They are on this unnamed moon looking for three missing little green men. They call them LGMs for the rest of the movie. And I want to talk about the little green men. Because immediately three little green men appear because they, they were stowaways. And they are looking for what they call the lost ones. Little green men. I think are very obviously precursors to Minions. Yes. I think uh, the people who made Minions looked at these guys and were like, we could make those. Um, But instead of three eyes. Just one. Yeah. The only thing is that they have to have a weird amount of eyes. There's two things I like about the little green men. One. There's about to be three. You know, the squeaky toy little green men from Toy Story. They're just those. They did not change them at all. They move like squeaky toys. It's great. They act the exact same way. Two, somehow, these little freaking minion characters are so charming. Uh, And I don't know how they do it. I was really entertained when they later lose all of their knowledge and are now bad at everything. Yeah. I was like, this is fun. How is this fun? (laughs) Uh, so I don't know what it is. I don't know if they're just slightly less obnoxious than minions that makes them work. But like, I think it's because they're like endearing. There's something about them that's like, I need to protect this baby. <laughs> no, I, I definitely think that they have. Um, th- It's like it's like you're surrounded by like a million genius children. Yeah. So the big thing about the, the LGMs is that they have like they're a hive mind. They feel and experience everything at once. Which sounds like not a lot of fun, but it's it's their whole deal. They're into it. It's what, yeah, they love it. They're, I believe in the show exclusively, I don't think they do this for the movies, but they are voiced by Patrick Warburton in the, sh- in the movie and show, which is wild. It's like a range that um, we almost never get from him. Yeah, he's always just a really bassy guy who's yeah. probably pretty dumb. Buzz is convinced that this is an evil plan from Zerg. Oh, my uh, God. Warp is so unconvinced. There, there's a great line. And this movie immediately... I mean, Buzz has a lot of character perks that make him fun. But it immediately drops the plot line that maybe Buzz is a little crazy. And that's too bad because that was when I was happiest. Because <laughs> he says, this plot must be from Emperor Zerg. And... Warps turns on him and is like, what plot, Buzz? You think that every kid stuck in a tree is because of Emperor Zerg? And Buzz is like, why can't he leave those cats out of this? He does think that every cat caught in a tree is from Emperor Zerg. On the one hand, I like the idea of like, of like, I am internally convinced that every evil thing that happens is because of one person. On the other hand, it is true. 
So the the thing that kind of ruins the scene is the knowledge that Warp Dark Matter is going to betray Buzz and go over to Zerd's side. Which means that right now, when he's like, there's no plot, you're crazy, he's lying. Mm-hmm. He knows everything that's happening here. They fight some, like, crater snakes? Yeah, like centipedes or something? Yeah, that are attached to the hands of, like, a giant muck. Uh, and it turns out... It, so... This movie, so far, works as, like, a space adventure movie. Yeah. And it keeps that vibe going pretty well. A little later, it will be more like Star Trek by way of Batman 66, which I also don't hate. Yeah, it's it's a good tone. Uh, they have to lift up this giant muck because it turns out Zerg's secret base is hidden under it. So they do that, they get in. Boy, this is about all of my notes for this. Yeah, this. we 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 get to see Zerg. That's fun. Yes, we get to meet Zerg, and we also get to meet his his motley crew, which is um, primarily he his. So Zerg has two kinds of henchmen, right? Three kinds of henchmen. Okay, I can only remember two, so you're gonna have to bring up the third one. Yes, he has the little bug men. Sure. Those seem to be his, like, personal toadies. Yes. Those are the guys that fluff his pillows. Um, you have the brains in a jar, which are his tech guys. Right. Even though they're all bad at it. Yes. And then you have the the robots, which are his primary army. Yes, the robots. I had forgotten about the robots. The robots are just there to be destroyed. They're never going to hit anybody with their lasers. They're always going to blow up the first time they're hit. They're, you know, they're stormtroopers. They're stormtroopers. Um, this is kind of where I start getting a little irritated because this movie has like so many jokes, but it's they're they're happening happy. too fast. <laughs> and also, the sound mixing is such that it's really hard to tell what they're saying sometimes, especially with Zerg. It can be an issue. Zerg is very much. Um, it reminds me of, and this is going to be kind of a weird poll. I think it was Transformers 3 had Leonard Nimoy in it. And do you know what? You couldn't tell. Because they put so much robot effect on his voice that he just sounded terrible. And Zerg's not that bad. But he has like a robot Darth Vader-y effect on his voice. And it means that he can't hit these punchlines as well as he should be able to. And you know he should be able to because he's um, Wayne Knight. Because he's Wayne Knight. Wayne Knight is consistently hilarious. You know, except in Seinfeld, because everybody's doing their worst job ever in Seinfeld. I won. I think it would have been great if we lived in a world where Zerg just got to sound like Wayne Knight, just doing like a an evil voice. Uh-huh. I would have liked that. That would have been fine. That would have been perfect. Does he voice Zerg in the movie? I don't think he does. Because in the movie, Wayne Knight is already the villain. He's he's the uh, he's the guy who steals Woody in the second movie. Prospector, no, no, no. Prospector? He's the human. Oh, is he's the 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 he's, the, he's the chicken guy who yeah. like owns the toy store and is going to sell his um, Woody's Roundup collection for like what sounds like maybe a million dollars, like a lot of money. A lot of money. Oh, okay. So it looks like Zerg in the movie was voiced by one of it was one of those like we just got one of the writers in to do a cool voice. 
Okay, that tracks. Andrew Stanton, who, uh, wow, this guy's a great writer, by the way. Wrote Wally and Finding Nemo and Toy Story 2. Oh my god, and Toy Story 4 and Toy Story 3. Why'd you do 4 before 3? It's not important. And the original Toy Story and Bugs Life. Damn. And and Monsters Inc. Jesus fucking Christ, this guy's just writing all the hits. He also wrote John Carter of Mars, which, you know, we all have to have one. <laughs> all the hits. <laughs> we all get one. We all get one John Carter of Mars in our Everybody life. Everybody gets one. So yeah, Zerg is fun, but you're right. The lines are all a little bit too busy. And you have to parse them out. There's also jokes every time there's a scene transition. There's like an on-screen scanline joke. And those are hit and miss. But the fact is they're there every time. Yes. You, you got to make your peace with them. I think there's one that's really good, but it is weighed down by the fact that every single one before and after that is just not as good, mm-hmm. um, which is note big giant gun on gun. top. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> note giant gun. That was very um, good. Like, could you imagine if Rogue One did that just out of nowhere? <laughs> it would work really well if it, if it hadn't been so overused to that point. Uh, it really felt like the guy who was in charge of seed transitions was like... There's all this transitioning is getting a little bit boring. I gotta spice it up a bit. <laughs> Zerg is experimenting on these little green men because he wants to know how they have a hive mind. Buzz breaks in and saves the Rex little shop. green men. There's a big fight. Oh no. And then Warp Dark Matter sacrifices himself to save Buzz. And the whole base explodes. Uh, I do quite like, there's some good, like, quippy lines in this. I do quite like how Zerg sets a 60-second timer for self-destruct, and both Buzz and Warp are like, psh, we hired 60 seconds. Easy, baby shit. Yeah, they're like, all the time in the world. And Zerg's entire plan, which isn't, like, a bad plan, but this is what made it feel like Batman 66 to me, is he's gonna leave, the base is gonna explode, but to keep Buzz Lightyear busy, he's gonna keep sending in so many robots. Yeah. Uh, and then it blows up and Warp dies. Hard finger quotes on dies. This is pretty good. If his name wasn't Warp Dark Matter, mm-hmm. I think this would have definitely like th- this. This this is a thing that will only work on children who aren't particularly paying attention. But it will probably work on children because the the scene itself works if you take it on its own without you know actual knowledge of how movies work. <laughs> then like the fact that Buzz spends most of the rest of this movie grieving warp and what his death represents Mm -hmm. that works yeah he promises to himself after this during warp's eulogy sort of Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. from now on he works alone yeah because he doesn't want he knows zerg is specifically out to get him buzz lightyear um and it's not really clear why except that buzz lightyear is all is just really good at this uh, because Star Command is like a peacekeeping force of some sort. Like a police force, I guess? They're, yeah, they're space rangers. Except what they police is basically Zerg. Um, he's the oh, he's the one thing. So Buzz knows that Zerg is going to keep going after him specifically. He doesn't want to put anybody else in danger. Mm-hmm. His boss is like, you're an idiot, take a new partner. Uh, which I appreciate. There's very real stakes for all the characters here. 
I don't think that anybody is acting irrationally when they state what they want. No, and they're also stating what they want in pretty clear terms, mm-hmm. um, which is nice. Buzz, so Buzz wants to work alone. That's easy. We have uh, Princess Miranova. Whoa, 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 whoa. You can't just say it. <clears throat> Everybody get ready. Sit back. Really relax you yourself. Because we are about to meet the most 90s character in this movie. Girl who's good at thing. She is. Oh, can you can you believe it? She's a girl and she's good at things. It's it's just what she is. And they they hammer it home like four other times is female Buzz Lightyear. And there, she has a little more going on because since this is a space uh, movie, she gets to have basically um, X-Men powers, which makes her a little bit different. And I feel like the voice actress, or, or I guess you say voice actor, right? But the, the, the voice actor they have for her is... Nicole Sullivan. Yes. Uh, she's an established voice actor who's good at, like, giving the character a little bit of something. But the character as written is the most mundane character you can imagine. It's It's one of those things where... In the early 2000s, which again, like this show is cut and animated like a Saturday morning cartoon mm-hmm. in, in the most in the most way. This would have been a big deal. But like looking back, it is very much like like here are some crumbs. But Nicole Sullivan is really giving it her all in this character. It's kind of awesome. Yeah, it's just funny because I looked her up because I recognized her voice. And I realized that she does Supergirl on the DC superhero girls show. I was like, oh, so there's her in this where she is the one female character, maybe in the movie. (laughs) And then like, you know, about 20 years later, there's her in that where everybody's a female character. And it's just, it's kind of funny to see where we've gone. She also (laughs) voiced um, adult uh, Franny, I believe, in Meet the Robinsons, which is another, like, it's like another that kind of character. Here, have a girl. Yeah, have one. Uh, one who's, co- but like, again, her whole thing is that she's competent. Not only yes. competent, better than the male lead at everything, but not when it matters. <laughs> well, she and Buzz are, I would say, about the same, too much of the same person to be really fun, actually, because... That's what most of their action come off as, like, oh, we're both too stubborn to give ground. But then, she, again, she does get cool space powers. <laughs> yes, she gets cool space powers. But also, I think, like, if you, if you like, like, competency is not a character trait. It's just how characters, like, mode of interaction. <laughs> no offense to, like, a, a lot of writers out there who give, who only make women competent and then that's it and they don't have anything else but that's not a character trait also um, side note to that to that comedy's uh, character trait thing i just need one quick second yeah fuck you anime go on <laughs> yes uh, <laughs> <laughs> like when you dig below the 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 mantle and get really to the core of the character miranova is is smart like that's she's she's highly intelligent. She knows she's the best at everything. Mm-hmm. And Buzz Lightyear is really dumb. <laughs> um, but but he's really good at fighting evil. 
Yeah, that's the thing. He he does, and the the one argument that he ever has with her that kind of works is that he's just the more experienced one. Yeah, he's been doing this for a long time. This is just the thing he's good at. Mm-hmm. I hear that, but that's the thing, right? Is you get the sense that if Buzz had to do anything else, he would suck at it. If Mira tried to do anything else, she would also be great at it because she can just put her mind to it. So she can uh, float through walls, and that's really her main thing. It's neat. Squeeze brains. She can. She does uh, squeeze his brain later, which seems bad. <laughs> I'm not a doctor. Doesn't seem like a great time. Oh, uh, but that was the moment where I was like, oh, she's Spock. Okay. Yes. We also meet Booster, who is a janitor. Mm-hmm. Who- not Booster Gold, who we already talked about. Yeah, no, no. Who wants to be a space ranger. Booster, and I feel like he's kind of a 90s character in the in, in the 90s. There was all this, like, a big, goofy, fun, fat guy. Booster, yeah. even though he's kind of drawn like that, I don't even know if he is fat, because he's an alien, and he's, like, seven feet tall. They could, this, the, his, I haven't seen that much of the show. Everyone on this planet could just be that big or bigger. Maybe he's a small guy. Maybe he's a small guy. You know what? If I were writing the show, I would actually make him a small guy and they have to visit that planet and everybody's huge. And everybody's like, oh, look who's back. It's the little baby. Yeah, absolutely. That's how you do it. That's just good writing. <laughs> so, and then there's um, XR. XR. Who the... Goes the through the most character change, I think. Yes. Although, I'll be honest, I kind of liked... I, I'm sure as a kid, I liked fun XR. As an adult, I liked competent XR. And then when he turned into fun, lazy XR, I was like, I don't care. I don't care about... Yeah, I was the exact same way. I was like, oh man, I like XR. I don't remember liking XR. And then the thing happens and I was like, oh... I like the plot contrivance that makes us XR bad at stuff. Uh, yeah, but, no, absolutely. But I liked original XR better. XR is short for experimental robot. So Booster is not really, he's not actually on the list for Buzz's partner. But if you're if you're watching the show with a critical eye, you're like, okay, this one. Okay, this one is, a, this is another option. XR is the third option. Right. The captain wants Fear to be buzz's partner but the lgms convince buzz to take xr because he's not going to feel sad if xr explodes because he's a robot and they can just put him back together it's true uh, which actually is a pretty decent argument everybody should have a robot sidekick so that they don't feel sad when he explodes and they can just put it back together as long as the robot's not sentient well <laughs> as long as we haven't programmed the robot to feel pain or fear. Uh, I think we're good. I mean, look, C-3PO got torn apart and he just gets put back together. He was fine. Yeah, but you get the sense that it doesn't really hurt him in any way. He's just like, oh, dear, this is terrible. But, you know, he's not like in the moment. <laughs> Although maybe that's just a coping mechanism. Maybe it is. Maybe he's like, he's just trying to translate everything he hears to six billion languages so he doesn't have to think about what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> So, meanwhile, we get we get to see the um, Little Green Men's homeworld. Being invaded by Zerg's evil forces. I want to go before the invasion because he sends a spy drone. And I want to talk about this spy drone because I love it. This, this <laughs> spy drone is the best thing 
Um, it's just a floating little guy. <laughs> it's just a floating little guy, and then to spy on the little green men, it inflates a little green men like balloon around it, and just like bobs behind them. These guys, these guys mind meld, and they did not see that this was different. My favorite thing about this is that they didn't even paint the back. The back of the balloon is just flat black. <laughs> And that that's not an animation bug. They maintain that. Like, that's an intentional choice. Um, like, Zerg knows. These guys are these guys are fucking idiots. They're not going to notice. So this is how Zerg finds out about the Unimind. The Unimind. Which, I mean, the Unimind is fine. But the fun bit is when the claw comes down to pick up the Unimind. Yeah. Uh, so a claw comes down, picks up the Unimind, and all the, all the little green men on the little green man homeworld like buzz together and now they're all like connected. They say that they 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 are of one mind but it seems like something they maybe have to refresh. Yeah, I think the the way that it works is that they have to like they have to resync resync. Yeah. I like this. This is like really cool world building that they're doing. Oh, it's pretty good. One, it means that you can later have, you can have a little green man who hasn't synced up, right? Who's like kind of just a weird dude. I was also thinking about how all the space rangers treat the little green men as, frankly, they treat them as alien. They're like, I don't know much about these guys. They're weird, but we rely on them. But frankly, these guys should be spread on every planet just for communication reasons. Oh, yeah. That would, that seems so much easier. Instantaneous, faster than light communication. Seems pretty solid to me. That's how you would do it in like a John Scalzi novel or something. Yeah, although the the idea of having like a living cell phone is very um, Ender's Game for some reason. Just imagine them as like, what they are is, is they're like the post office worker, right? <laughs> oh, interesting. You, 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 you take fair. your messages to them and they're like, oh, sure, I could get this to that planet. Let me just read it. All right, they've got it. Uh, you know, sounds pretty mm-hmm. good. So yeah, that's the spy drone. I love the spy drone. Uh, the force, the evil forces of Zerg, led by his new, his new lackey, Agent Z. Agent Z, who they go to the trouble of making sure you know isn't a robot, even though he's in a full robot suit. He is a beautiful blend of man and machine. This guy probably not important. I wouldn't even stress about who might be behind the mask. He, they're pro- probably nobody. Probably nobody. Probably just some guy, right? Just some guy, I bet. That's how. Yeah, he's just like a. He's just like a Boba Fett. Just like a dude. He's just some guy. He doesn't believe in premarital sex, just like Boba Fett. Just like Boba Fett. Sorry, is that a thing about Boba Fett? <laughs> I should send you that. I saw that on Twitter. I don't know if I retweeted it or not, but yeah. <laughs> Apparently, in the le- in oh, the is it in from the, the legends old books. Yeah, in like one of the nineties books. About that. Oh no! Yeah, <laughs> yeah, in the nineties books, <laughs> he's just like he's also anti-drug, which is still true. Weird. Um, I know, right? He worked for a mobster. I can understand him not believing in premarital sex. He was born asexually. <laughs> yeah. So, but him being anti-drug is a little odd, for sure. Are you telling me he he fucking ended up in the Sarlacc pit? climbed out and at no point was like i need a downer no <laughs> he doesn't he doesn't believe in drugs he's at that all. straight edge that's too straight edge i do i mean i don't know if you know the plot we've gone so far off topic <laughs> it's hard not to talk about star wars when you're talking about anything sci-fi but 
Absolutely the plot true. of the show is that he's dismantling, oh, what's that fucking big slug's fucking name? Jabba the Hutt's uh, drug empire. Okay. It not, and now, I say that that's the plot of the show. I haven't seen it. That's just what I've heard. But that's insane if it's true. Maybe that's why people aren't talking about that show that much. Okay. Agent Z's he's just some guy. Just some guy. He somehow, he knows every single one of Buzz's tricks. <laughs> I don't know how he would know any of those. This is a fun scene because Buzz is teaching XR about, you know, what it means to be a space ranger. But yeah, he ends up being outsmarted and outfoxed by this new guy. And then XR dies, just like Buzz didn't want. And the Unimind is stolen, also like Buzz didn't want. Bad day for Buzz. It's a bad day for Buzz. Uh, He takes... XR's remains back to Star Command, and uh, the the little green men are unsure of their ability to re- fix XR at all because they aren't they're not hive minded anymore. Uh huh. There's a great scene when they're putting them together. One of the well, little green men walks up to Buzz and says, "Um, what's this?" And Buzz says, "An arm." <laughs> and they're just like, "Oh, so the little green men are bad at things now." It's kind of adorable. They're not, like, they still put him back, they still put our XR back together, but... They do it pretty well, actually. Like, he's, he fits together. They, for, they somehow mess up his personality and do not remember what weapons are. So, he doesn't have all of his cool guns. Which is probably for the best, all of his cool guns blew him up last time. Yeah, and also he's just like a jokester now. He's just joking all the time. Well, to be fair, the reason he is no longer Buzz's partner is because he walks in on a meeting about how to take care of Emperor Zerg and suggests that they do a timeshare of the galaxy with him, which I think was not meant as a joke at the time. That's fair. It's not a good idea also. Right. So they're like, so they kick him out. Uh, And now he's, and now he becomes Booster's sidekick because the LGMs don't know what to do with him. So they just give them to the janitor. Uh, during this meeting, Mira suggests that they do a, a slick one-man operation to sneak into Zerg's uh, homeworld, planet Zerg, undetected. Sort of a Doctor Doom situation Zerg's got going on with this homeworld. Even, well, even Doctor Doom, right? Doctor Doom doesn't rename Latvia Country Doom, right? He, he has does a little it. bit of class. He does. He, he a little has bit of class. such a small amount of class, but it's still more than what Zerg has. Oh, man. Zerg, Zerg by way of Doctor Doom is actually a great idea, which is now giving me some high hopes for this this new movie. We, we need more Doctor Doom, just in general, I think. I think the problem is that he's technically a Fantastic Four villain, so you can't use him in the mainline Marvel stuff. And all well, the Fantastic Four movies have been bad. <laughs> Yeah, the Fantastic Four movies aren't good. I don't know. I just, I love Doctor Doom. He's a great villain. Did you ever read the Squirrel Girl comics? I read a good handful of them, but I I could never get my hands on all of them, which is why I'm excited about this omnibus that's coming out. In the the Squirrel Girl comics, it is revealed at one point that Doombots are created with a special version of binary that Doom made up, where instead of binary, it's doom spelled different ways oh my god (laughs) yeah that's such a waste of space (laughs) (laughs) that's my favorite thing about ryan north's interpretation of marvel characters 
it's he'll just like crank it up to eleven. Like this is this mm-hmm. is what Doctor Doom does. <laughs> he put the Doom binary in there, and it goes like Doom, Doom, Doom. Doom. God, Jesus uh. Christ. <laughs> um, my favorite thing I think is still the um when um Doctor Doom's son is uh suing for emancipation. Mm-hmm. And I forget who hit me. I think his legal team involves um, She-Hulk in some way. I think it's going to be a She-Hulk one. if you have a legal team, it's going to have She-Hulk on it. Unless you're an idiot and got Daredevil. Yeah, I know, right? Um, So what, you want your lawyer to cry? Like, come on. (laughs) Get out of here. So, and they're like, oh, we have this. We have this in the bag. This is going to be the easiest court case ever. Because he's going to show up and he's going to be Dr. Doom. (laughs) And we're going to win. We don't even have to prepare for this case. They probably should have prepared for the case is what I'm hearing. They should have because he shows up out of costume. <laughs> right? And you and you remember that he is just like a handsome, suave, charismatic guy, but with like a tiny little scar on his cheek. <laughs> you fools. You fools. This is, and also it lets you know how seriously he's taking this. The, I think the rest of that issue wasn't that good, but that was a f- a really good joke. Vera thinks they should fly in on this one. It's not clear why the spacecraft is experimental, because apparently the only important thing about it is that it's small. Probably just that it's expensive. Small, one-person spacecraft. And the captain's like, no, that spacecraft is experimental. We're going to attack him with all of our guys. This is just what we're doing. But Buzz thinks it's a great idea. So both he and Vera independently try to sneak down to steal that spacecraft. And Vera uses her mind meld on him. And she brain him squeezes him. So she gets it. Meanwhile, let's check in let's check in on Zerg for a second. Just real oh, quick, yeah, yeah, so yeah. we're clear on what he's doing. This is when there's a big gun on top of the thing. <laughs> on yeah, they, he's tower. built a big gun. He built a big gun. He he has, quote, turned the Unimine from good to evil by touching it. Which on the one hand, it's pretty neat that that's what your evil guy can do. And on the other hand, I know it's a kid's movie, but that is too much of a clear dichotomy for me. What does turn to evil mean? (laughs) I thought the Unimind just connected them all. Can the Unimind think? I don't know. I think the Unimind is just like an, I think it's an amp. Um, The thing I don't like about this is, one, I don't like it when evil is like a constant in a world. Just, it just feels bad, you know, that things can be inherently evil. It's not a good thing to teach people. That's what, that's what I never liked about, um, actually, the Oz books. I don't know if you've ever read any of them. Uh, no, I didn't. The reason the Wicked Witches are evil, are, are, are ugly, is because they're evil? That never said well of me. That's gross. <laughs> I mean, Tol- Tolkien does dabbles in that as well. Like, when Saruman turns evil and becomes of many colors, he, like, also, like, he, like, reveals his true ugliness. It's a staple in fantasy. Star Wars does it as well with the Emperor in Episode 3. Yeah, I was I gonna say, like you, you can have, like, corruption. You can have, like, corruption being shown on a person. I think there's still something there, especially in a fantasy setting, that that works. But the fact that Zerg's corruption is just like, and, and here's the thing: in a in a better movie or in a different movie, Zerg's corruption being able to touch something and turn it evil is still kind of neat. It's just the fact that they see they say, "I'm turning this evil," that I think like that's. <laughs> t- <laughs> it's a bit much. It's just yeah, it's a lot. 
Zerg turns the Unimind evil and they attach it to a giant laser. And now they can point that laser at any planet and give Zerg like mind control of everyone there. It's unclear exactly what that means because I don't know if Zerg can actually like see through those people's eyes or anything. Um, but they sure have his personality. Uh, I would be worried if I were Zerg that what I'm doing is making a bunch of people who are exactly like me, i.e. want to rule the galaxy. <laughs> and are willing to, like, usurp me to do so. He should be worried that one of those random mermaids is just gonna murder him. And yeah, be or like, the, I'm somebody Zerg from now. the vegetarian planet. Right. Where they meditate on galactic peace. <laughs> I actually really enjoy the vegetarian planet. I like that Zerg's like, eh, I don't want to attack. I don't want to attack the space cops yet. Let's make sure this works. After that, he starts going trigger happy and they just start pointing it at planets left and right. Meanwhile, Buzz has been ordered to go and stop Mira from going on this suicide mission. Mm-hmm. And Booster and XR, who have been slacking off in Buzz's spaceship because booster really wants to be a space ranger i don't know if we i don't know if we really nailed this down he really also wants to be a, space a big ranger. buzz fanboy and yes is a big fan of buzz and the thing is buzz is the only space ranger who gives him the time of day so i get it everybody else is like fuck off janitor buzz is like you can do it booster that's great i believe in you mm-hmm. but xr doesn't want to do any work so he's like well you know, I have the keys to Buzz's spaceship. Let's go hang out in there. So they end up accidentally tagging along with Buzz because they have inadvertently stowed away. Yes. Here we get what is possibly the weirdest joke in this whole movie, which is that while they're hanging out on Buzz's ship and doing basically nothing, XR is reading Victoria's Circuits. Yeah? And... I, it's a funny joke. It, um, <laughs> like, it's pretty good. It really doesn't have a place in this, the, right? Like, it doesn't... It brings up a lot of questions. Is one of XR's new personality flaws that he's a perv? Which is fine, if so. But a little weird, because he's still a robot. And I don't know how he could get away with being a perv. There's just nothing to perv on. So he's... Or, or is he... Or is it like reading guns and ammo? Like <laughs> he's just looking at all the RAM upgrades. <laughs> yeah, is he just or is, is he just? I obviously it's supposed to be uh, coded as sexual, right? But maybe he's just shopping around. Maybe he wants to tell yeah. the LGMs what to give him next. It's just one of those jokes that like. You could have left that one down. He could have just been, you know. Well, I think what a lot of uh, animators like to do is just slip in the occasional joke that no, the occasional joke that no kid's gonna get, just to That's entertain true. themselves. So Buzz manages to stop Mira, mm-hmm. um, and they they have a little bonding moment. But then a giant laser is approaching them. Right, Buzz hops the spaceship out of the way. That's great. Good job. But it probably would have been polite to keep the spaceship in the way because now it just hits Star Command. And then this is very briefly... A horror movie. Alien. It's alien. Oh, it is a bit alien. I was going to say, I was trying to think of, was it Mass Effect? What's like the horror video game that's a little bit like Bioshocky? Dead Space. 
dead space. Yes. It's a little bit dead space where it's like you're walking around, they're walking around a space station and it's empty for some reason and they don't know why. Yeah, they just they just know that Star Command got hit with the unknown laser. They don't know what's happened. And nothing appears to be damaged, so that's weird. The fun thing is that now Star all of Star Command has been taken over by Zerg, right? Yes. And they all sound like Zerg. <laughs> yeah, I do like this. This is it's great that everybody just has Zerg's voice. Um, usually I don't like that in, like, a brain-swapping thing, but I know why they have to do it. This one, it really works, because I like the idea that, like, it's scary. These are all of their friends, and now they sound like the bad guy. So they have to, they they fight their way out, they mop up all the space rangers. Mm -hmm. Um, that's not a joke. No, they do, like, uh, um... Was a like a floor joke. buffer thing, and I feel like it kind of glosses over the fact that Booster is like seven feet tall and like five feet wide. He can knock over whoever he wants. Yeah, he basically just charges them and takes them out. They escape, but they're being chased. Unfortunately, a bomb has been planted on Buzz Lightyear's ship. Buzz Lightyear, so psyched about this. He's he's so, he's been waiting to do this trick since forever. I bet he and Warp have talked about it, like, over and over. Like, I can't wait for somebody to put a bomb on the ship. They put a bomb on the ship, it explodes, and Zerg is is content that finally his nemesis, the only person who could get in the way of his galactic domination, has been destroyed. He even says that evil will be a little less fun without Buzz Lightyear to kick around, which I found pretty entertaining. It almost felt like uh, something you might hear the Joker say. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If somebody came up to me, here's, the, here's the, I think, kind of the genius thing about Zerg's characterization in this movie, which is he is Dr. Doom by way of the Joker, uh-huh. which sounds terrible. <laughs> it sounds like a such a bad idea, <laughs> but it works but it for works. the kind of dumb, the dumb campy thing that this movie is. It works. I like that they casually tell you that the brains in jars that he in 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 jars and robot bodies that he has working as a scientist those used to be people <laughs> and he's yeah. just put their brains in these jars <laughs> as part of like a promotion for them <laughs> that's great that's definitely like what doctor doom would do if he was the joker <laughs> buzz and his and crew have all squeezed themselves into the one man experimental spacecraft mm-hmm. And have decided to go forward with Mira's plan. Because what else are they going to do? Everyone in the universe is Zerg now. Yeah, pretty much everybody. There are a couple planets that aren't, which leads to the best line later in the movie. But (laughs) they accidentally set off the water landing button. Emergency water landing. So they land pretty poorly, but they're fine. Everything's fine. And Buzz tells everybody else that he needs to do this alone, which is insane. Uh, But he pulls rank on them and they accept it, which is also a bit crazy because no way ranks matter at this point. Everybody's Zerg. Right at this point, everybody is Zerg. Ranks should not matter anymore. Like, we are all just not Zerging right now. He tells them to go evacuate the other planets and, like, my guy, that can't be Also insane. By the time, like, how... 
how much time do they have to get to another planet? And can they beat Laser there? And if they beat Laser there, are they just going to get turned into Zerg when it, event- when it inevitably does hit? Like, seems rough. Untenable. I don't think Buzz has a plan because he basically just walks up and gets captured. Uh, and it's revealed that Warp has betrayed Buzz and didn't really die. Uh, there's a there's a fun bit where Zerg replays Buzz's eulogy for Warp over and over again because he finds it so funny. Buzz's reaction to that really uh, got a chuckle out of me. I think he just says, stop mocking me. <laughs> yes. It's low even for you, Zerg. And Buzz does a thing which he doesn't do. Buzz doesn't do a lot of straight up smart things in this movie. But he does this thing that's pretty smart because it actually only works if warp dark matter is nearby. He does a he does a final mission log. Yeah, a, one last one for the road. Which Zerg would not have let him do. Except that Warp is here and he's like, oh, Buzz is doing one last mission log. This is so Buzz. This obviously isn't a trick. This is just what he does. But what he's doing is he is uh, sending that signal out and basically saying, I need help. I'm going to die. Which brings the others back, obviously. Yeah, the others come back. Zerg reveals his ultimate evil plan, which is to turn Buzz into Zerg, um, which I'm not going to lie, is a pretty, it's a, it's a pretty baller move. Sounds so satisfying, right? That's way better than killing Buzz. He's probably pretty happy Buzz lived, actually, so he could try this. Yeah, because now he gets to do this one, yeah. He was sitting there like, oh, man, you know what would have been even cooler, actually? <laughs> I can't believe he wasn't at home when I shot that, when I shot Starkman with a laser. <laughs> God damn it. Now we have to blow him up. Ugh, what a waste. So, but before, right before they can, uh, they can evil-fy Buzz, uh, he gets saved by XR and Booster, um, and Mira takes out Warp, proving that she's the superior partner, and they manage to save the day, but not before Zerg gets away, revealing that, uh, he has already Zergified every planet in the galaxy. Mm-hmm. Oh, Zerg, sorry, I, I do want to bring up, my th- I think, my favorite line in the movie. During the middle of this fight, Zerg has to distract Buzz, and he points to the guy on his laser and says, Target the planet of widows and orphans. You know, <laughs> the planet of widows and orphans. The planet we just have of one of those. Orphans. And Buzz goes, you fiend! <laughs> Zerg says, I knew that would get him. Oh man, it's great. That's my. I think that's my favorite line. Uh, no, it's definitely the probably one of the best jokes in the whole movie, and it 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 it's so satisfying. Zerg gets away, and he's turned the entire galaxy evil. And uh, what are our heroes gonna do? Gonna be honest, he's gonna probably show back up soon with a lot of guys. The entire galaxy's evil. <laughs> Yeah, Zerk's just playing a waiting game now. It's an inevitability. But Buzz has a plan. He's going to unevil the Unimind. So this is the other half of disliking that evil is a constant in this universe, right? Yes. Because that means that Buzz is a good enough force of good to turn the Unimind back to normal. Even though he's just mm-hmm. a guy and also... He's just a dude. It, this, this, this whole thing feels unnecessarily jesus <laughs> yeah but instead of amen it's to infinity and beyond <laughs> yes so mira has to basically shove him into the unimind just like all the way to the core and turning the unimind back to good also immediately frees everybody from zerg's control no laser required 
Well, it, yeah, it sends out a, a, a good blast. Yeah, a wave of good. Which does hit Zerg, and I, I do wish we got to see what that what that was. It would have been nice if he at least, like, staggered. Like, <laughs> Right, but we, he just disappears in a flash of good. He curses Buzz Lightyear one last time. Buzz is dead. So this was the most unnecessary bait and switch. I know Buzz isn't dead. <laughs> Yeah, like, this is good. one, this is going to become a TV show. Two, you have two minutes to resolve this. Why even try? Right. I mean, all that happens is Mira flies back in and gets him out. Like, yeah, obviously. That was the plan the whole time. They all get medals. Booster gets to become a space ranger. And Buzz announces to the world that he doesn't, he doesn't have to settle for one partner. He can have a team. One thing I like is when the, the whole green man says, uh... To Affinity and beyond, because it seems like the Unimind is a little bit infected with Buzz Lightyear. Maybe that'll go away with time. I kind of wish that instead of, like, a medal ceremony, this was, like, Booster's graduation. Right. It was a little too Star Wars. It's a little too Star Wars. It would have had a good reason for Buzz to be, like, for Buzz to still be, like, the whole team thing. It would have been, like, now that Booster's a full ranger, we're gonna form a team. or something. You know, um... Yeah. But i probably asking too much. It's a kid's show for kids. Yeah, meant to sell Buzz Lightyear toys. Like. Right. But all in all, this movie was pretty decent. It was fine. It was just, it was short, 66 minutes. Mm-hmm. Which does mean we've been talking for longer than that movie went on. Look, I'll cut it down. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, we, spent most, we spent a lot of that time talking about Diedrich Bader, so <laughs> I'm not... <laughs> I'm not holding my breath on like this. This is probably hopefully this is not that long of an episode, but it's fine. Um, It's a little too like 90s Saturday morning cartoon for me to appreciate as much as I probably did when I was a kid. I mean, that's the rough bit, right? When when we were kids, we were very much used to, for instance, there being one female character in a TV show in the, in the universe, in the universe, basically. Uh, only one who gets to speak, at least. Or, like, um, just a straight-up space monster of the week dynamic. And yeah. I don't hate that bit. It's just, like, the whole thing could be just slightly better the whole time. It's competent. The animation is fine. But, like, I don't know. I I expect so much more from my kids' cartoons these days than I expect more than competence. I want it to be good. It's yeah, they have to be like exceptional now. If it doesn't have a season finale that makes you cry, what are you doing? What are you doing? What's going on? Yeah, and honestly, the biggest thing is um that intro skit really uh, did make me like, oh man, I should go back and watch like the Toy Story movies because I haven't seen them in a hot minute. The one thing that I think the intro skit was good for was Woody says to Buzz, "Oh, you don't look so fat when they draw you this way," and the only <laughs> reason I like that line. Is because that just lampshades. This isn't going to look exactly like Buzz Lightyear, and that's fine. And that's fine. It's fine. And that's fine. It's something that I have a bigger problem with in, like, you know, there have been, like, two, I think, Lion King cartoons. And it feels much weirder when those are off-model. And part of that is because it's the same, it's 2D animation, right? Right. It's not, like, a necessity of changing mediums so much as it's a necessity of having less money and time and talent. Um, 
not not to say not to say sorry i I don't mean that in like Let's i think that the people who animated these the talent i mean yeah because it's it's not that they're worse it's just that they don't have as much experience and it's usually like a rush thing right like you can yeah, really you yeah. can really spend time on a movie but you're probably rushing a tv show uh also again modern tv shows modern cartoon tv shows often have gorgeous animation that very much rivals like classic disney I wouldn't say that. Uh, I will show you some stuff. When they get somebody like uh, James Baxter to do something, boy, howdy. Modern animation, I think, in the U.S. has learned to work within its limitations to the fullest extent. A thing that, you know, like anime has been doing since the 80s. Which isn't to say that there isn't some really poorly made anime. It feels like the, the uh, what do you call it, like the scaffolding is there now. To yeah, like yeah. put different stuff up. I, I think at the end of the day, like a lot of the things that make those like early Disney movies work is that they just have so much money and time put into them. Mm-hmm. And what a lot of these, I think, like m- cartoons that are coming out these days have like hit the limit on money and time and what they can do within that. And so they've just like they're like, well, all right, let's get that writing as high as we can get it. And that's the thing. It's that's the thing that matters at the end of the day is the writing. All the gorgeous animation in the world doesn't make Bambi a good movie. God damn that movie. So pretty. <sighs> yeah. Nothing it's else. Pretty. All the gorgeous animation in the world doesn't make Bambi a good movie is a weird take for a review of Buzz Lightyear of Star Command. But here we are. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Direct-to-Video VHS. VHS? Tune in next week uh, for us watching the the newest Pixar film, Lightyear, starring Chris Evans. There is no earthly way we will be releasing an episode next week. Oh. <laughs> I guess I, not. I know that's just something to say. Next time, I meant next maybe. time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, next time is what I meant. <laughs> Uh, all I know about the Buzz Lightyear movie is there is like a single queer moment that somebody was mad about on the internet. Uh, all I know about it is that it's not about the toy. It's about the man that the toy was based on. I really don't think that. <laughs> love it. I love it. I have been your host, Tony Rufus. Did I say that? I I think I interrupted you. I apologize. Okay. Um <laughs> I have been your host, Andy Reyes. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at TheaterBess and InspiredByTrueEvents.org. You can find me on Twitter at Royalty underscore Valens. You can also find my other podcast at TimeHonoredPictures.com, where we just watched Rebecca. A big, a big, huge thank you to Lee Rosevier for the song Planet E off the album Trappist One. Yeah, and uh, if you want to support the show, you can leave a review on iTunes. Five stars. We really appreciate it five stars say more warp dark matter yeah pl- yes oh i hope warp dark matter makes an appearance i want to see mira i want to see warp and i and but most importantly i want to see zerg we gotta see zerg right gotta see gotta zerg see. i really want to reveal that he's buzz's father in that movie <laughs> oh i want it so bad well there's there's like a time thing happening so it could be his son <laughs> so much funnier but it would also be so stupid then why does the toy zerg think he's he's buzz's father no buzz (laughs) i am your son what what wait wait what
really gotta go back and watch those sh- that show. <laughs> no, while we th- who was your mom? <laughs> <laughs> I want to avoid her at all costs. Uh, I am the ghost of John Smith. I'll be honest, I skipped the last one because I was not in the mood to listen to Gone with the Wind. It sounds like a real drag. Yeah, it was. I'm really proud of that episode, but it's not a fun time. I'll I'll go back <laughs> to it. I just gotta be in a mood, right? <laughs> yeah. One of those, like, angry but not tired moods. <laughs> oh, man, it's been so long since you've been angry but not tired. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, 